Hi, you guys. You're listening to Good Vibes Sunday, a podcast brought to you by I Am Warhol, the blog. Every Sunday, I'll be sitting down with provocative thinkers, industry disruptors, and culture changers. My intention for every guest is to talk about breaking barriers, shifting old paradigms, and really just opening up in a vulnerable conversation. Today, we get to sit down with Dryden Mitchell at his studio in Huntington, California. Dryden is the lead singer of the rock band Alien Ant Farm. They were formed in Riverside in 1996. They've released five studio albums. They are best known for their Michael Jackson cover, Smooth Criminal, which topped the Billboard's Alternative Songs in 2001. This single was a huge success. The song was featured on the first season of WWE's Tough Enough and the movie American Pie 2. They also had songs featured on video games like Tony Hawk, Madden NFL, and so many more. Solo, Dryden recorded a song called Friday I'm In Love, which appeared on the soundtrack for the movie 51st Dates featuring Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. Okay, who loves that song as much as I do? I mean, it takes me back. So good. I can go on and on, but I think you all get the idea. Dryden and his band have since been touring the world and just sharing their music with their fans. Today we talk all about his career, we even probe into Michael Jackson, but as always we dig a little deeper and we open up some fun conversations about life today, family, and just so much more. So please, everyone, help me in welcoming a dear friend and just an awesome human being, Dryden Mitchell. You said I was going to help you. The little ones are speaking the truth. Yeah, right? She's yeah, like... Right. I'm not nervous. Are you nervous, Millie? No. Okay. Sorry, one more time. <laughs> I want to start by asking you a question that revolves around a principle that we talk about here all the time on Good Vibes Sunday. Adam and I always say, you know, there's people who always have that one thing they wish they would have done or just that dream that they never got to achieve and they didn't do it because of the fear of what if I fail? You know, what are people going to think of me? And uh, just what if I fail? I mean, I think that's one of people's biggest fears. And so they never move in that direction of their dreams. But for you, Dryden, all those years ago, I mean, you were about 20 years old when you got started. Uh, How did you find the courage at such a young age to pursue your dreams and starting a band? Because, I mean, starting a band is a big deal. Like that's not, you know, to reach for the stars as far as like the music business. I mean, that's a big dream. So how did you find the courage to do that? Yeah, well, I mean, that's a good question. Uh, before before even being 20 years old, you know, just having a guitar at age 10 or 11, my watching my father, uh, he was a songwriter, and watching him perform at, you know, at, at just like family functions and uh, basically watching him turn a room um, through like 
just a song or whatever just a stiff room start to slowly get yeah. looser and looser through music i knew i wanted to do that it wasn't like i wanted to be famous or i wanted to um necessarily even i don't know if i really dug the music even i just mm-hmm. loved watching my dad turn a room like turn the yeah. mood of a room yeah um and i knew okay that's what i really want to do but to answer uh, the question in another way too i think you know being young is the greatest asset you can have for for business or or anything i I think being you know naive to all the problems that come with it is the the best thing you can have you know a lot of times uh at that young age like you said even 20 i know it's a little older but Mm -hmm. you know in the 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 teen years up into the 20s um i think you know a lot of times if you knew how hard something was going to be you might have not ever even tried it via baseball music yeah. business oh i don't care i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna be awesome because my mom told me i was ignorance awesome. is bliss yeah right? and it's, it's, it's bliss. yeah that, so, that's the the his, main thing i think my dad's mom is vaughn her, her name's yvonne yeah was she did she <laughs> did she, did your parents did they push you did they encourage your music career they encouraged it i, I don't know if they really pushed in any direction mm-hmm. my uh my dad certainly didn't and he was the musical one my right. mom uh definitely supportive you know, they they didn't uh, sway me from it by any means. I do know um, I n- I never graduated high school, and my mm-hmm. father, I remember him telling me he had um, done literature at University of British Columbia, mm-hmm. uh, had all these kind mm-hmm. of scholastic uh, attributes, and um, he basically just said, you know, this if you're really gonna do, th- I'm. I told my dad I was gonna be in a band and everything was gonna be fine, <laughs> but he's listening to a 16 year old tell him that, yeah, and um, he just said, well. If this is the route you want to take, it's not going to be. Ju- it's not going to just be like a yeah. drinking, smoking party. Yeah. And like see yeah. what what comes of this. I remember telling him like, when we finally Daddy. got signed to DreamWorks. Yeah. That like it was an emotional call because I remember that conversation that we had before. You know. Yeah. That- so just to go back to that question, because you're right. You say when you were younger, you know, ignorance is bliss for sure. Do you think that now? I mean, being older, would you have done it today? So knowing what you know now, would you go back and change anything? Or would you say you would have still taken that that leap? I would have taken that leap. I don't know that I would have known how to do it nowadays because the, at least the industry side of music is so baffling to me now Mm -hmm. how to, how to really jump in. But then again, I mean, kids were asking me back then how to really kind of crack the safe or whatever. And I really don't know other than like hard work. We were, we were, you know, we had nine to five kind of jobs, but we were booking, you know, gigs up to Washington and back is, you know, in these little, little tiny chunks away from Riverside that we could. And we'd only play Riverside like once every four months. So even though it was our hometown, Right. We could still get five, six, seven hundred people because we weren't, sure. you know, you tell your friend every week you're playing at yeah. a venue by the time, you know, m- a month's gone by, your friends aren't going to be there yeah. anymore. Yeah. It's like yeah. they're there to support for a second. But yeah, so just. So th- was that all your guys' idea? Just to like, oh, let's go there. I don't know that there. we were just watching other bands kind of kind of do it. The yeah. Northern California bands and mm-hmm. Southern California just. All right, well, let's go back. Let's go back to the beginning. How did Dryden Mitchell become the lead singer of Alien Ant Farm? Um, I was into uh, folk music. I, I still am into folk music. Maybe singer-songwriter <laughs> style music, but um, a lot of female singers. I was, I was a little 
long hair down to my waist, I scrawny that. hippie kid <laughs> yeah. in Riverside. And um, I played a lot of like coffee shops and cafes. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be, I had already been a lover of heavy music pers- okay. uh, as a child. And I just thought, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go over here because I don't know why, just because everyone of my friends was into like mm-hmm. heavier music and mm-hmm. And um, heavy music, or you mean like Metallica? I don't know. It, it was all a, it was all a, a conglomeration of like from death metal to okay. like the lighter side, which is still heavy. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah, the yeah. bands like Metallica and, and Forbidden and all these, we could get into that for a million years. But yeah. but um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm playing you know playing coffee shops and stuff. And a couple of the guys in uh, that are in Alien Ant Farm now, the uh, guitar player and drummer were in a fairly popular band in Riverside called Brother Vibe, okay. where and they were actually like becoming like a bigger band than just Riverside. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they wanted to do something that wasn't so that that was a little more melodic. They had a singer that was kind of rah 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 mm-hmm. guy, and mm-hmm. they knew that I was not that guy. Yeah, and so we kind of got together and and tried it, you know, tried it that way. Sick. So you guys are most known for Michael Jackson's song, Smooth Criminal. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you guys later re-released the song Movies, which also did really well. Smooth Criminal was a huge hit. So what did that whole rush of fame feel like? Like as soon as that song went just basically viral. And it's not like today where like social media stuff goes. Right, right. It had to become, you had to dig it via like, and the proof was in like the sales of the record. Right. Nowadays, that doesn't really happen a lot mm-hmm. so it wasn't it was a different time to say you know to say the least um we we got signed to a label called dreamworks who no longer exists i mean they do in the in the movie realm you know yeah. every yeah. cartoon you see practically yeah but um we were we were making this this great record everything was cool we just we wanted to do one cover and we were dabbling with a few different ideas and smooth criminal just lent itself to rock okay. really well we did a two or three i think we did a Sade song we did a, um did you really we did easy lover by phil collins yeah. Yeah. and they were cool they were oh. great but they weren't i it wasn't like oh kids are gonna yeah, love yeah. this Sade yeah. song yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> i loved it but yeah. there was that was about yeah. the extent that it went and so once we find out smooth criminal we thought, okay, we don't want this to be like out of the gate single mm-hmm. for our own reasons or whatever. Mm-hmm. So movies, movies was our first single, okay, and it was it was doing relatively well mm-hmm. on, at radio. And, um, and then you guys re-released it, right? Well, after. we th- this is the thing that happened with movies. We the single was doing okay, and I was overseas. I think our record had had already was on its way to be being gold and in my head which is 500,000 copies Mm -hmm. in America uh, for some reason in my head when we were kids I thought oh 100,000 records that's all I want and then that'll be like my proof that we're like viable and legit Uh, we were just interviewing this guy baseball player Kuzmanov and he said the same he goes even if I just make it to one you know big league game I'm good yeah yeah. and then he ended up being there forever yeah yeah. so So, you know movies is moving along no, no pun intended quite well and uh i'm in germany or somewhere in europe and i call a friend back at home how's everything going oh everything's cool hey uh your song is number one on the furious five at nine k-rock yeah and i said what like because it was just odd i like, thought it was movies, yeah it, it he goes no smooth criminal 
we hadn't even known that it was released. DreamWorks just released it unbeknownst yeah. to us. And like within like two days that they did, it was, it was already K-Rock. And so I was partly pissed because yeah. that was like mm-hmm. not what we wanted. It wasn't our plan. It, our plan was kind of like maybe release two or three singles of our album, you know, and then maybe at the end there just kind of kick yeah. it out with yeah, yeah, yeah. for our own whatever we wanted a, more of our music no, I guess. of course yeah. and I understand that. that's not the way it went mm-hmm. yeah. and after being pissed for like 48 hours we're like well the cat's kind of out of the bag let's just like Roll embrace this yeah. we're, we're the we're the assholes that walked in there and recorded it mm-hmm. it's not like we were blindsided yeah, completely so knew we yeah. knew what we were doing yeah. we just didn't want it released in that in that way we i think we thought one a, a relatively successful freshman record would yeah. lead to a slightly bigger so sophomore on. record sure. and and so forth you know what i mean sure, yeah. and when you get something like that like out of the gate we were like holy shit is yeah. this ever gonna be like yeah. topped yeah. we kind of knew that it wasn't you know we're you mm. know not in that way yeah yes. so that was a little disheartening in a sense and then anyways that I think radio stations got so sick of playing. Smooth Criminal was just like oh. every other song mm-hmm. on MTV I mean, it's still, it's still or on radio. Yeah, they yeah. still hear it daily. Yeah. yeah. So I think a lot of a lot of DJs around the country still liked the band. They were started. They went back to movies. It was almost like organic. It yeah. became our a single again. Sure. So okay. and we didn't do that. Yeah. The the radio stations did that. So. We went back and did like a whole nother. There's like, like three. Movies. Yeah, yeah. I, was I love it too. Like, I was say, you there's like three, three videos yeah. for movies. So, yeah. and it was just like the song that kind of wouldn't go away f- from our, you know, yeah. repertoire. And that, that was, that was almost like it was golden because we didn't have to test yeah. our third single. Our sure. third single was our first all over mm-hmm. again. And right. it had more legs the third t- or the second time around. Right. No, Sorry, absolutely. that was a long story, but. No, it's good. It's good. All right. So, you and the band, you guys. Crash the BET Awards. Right. So you and the band crashed the BET Awards. What was the intention behind that? Because you guys all got arrested. No, no one got arrested. No, a, a, couple, a couple of a, a couple of. What? People in the video. Was that the video? <laughs> no, no, no. no. If, you, if you watch, if you know, no, nothing was staged at all in that video. If you see at the end, Coolio was in that. Right? <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of. There's a lot of people in that. Lil Camp. Yeah, I don't know Brian McKnight. All yeah. these people, but um. Um, if you watch if you watch the video closely, like a couple of people did get arrested on the like the camera side of things. Yeah. So and we kind of made it look a little like you see it's a girl in cuffs or and a and a like a assistant director or something. So that was all kind of pre. Nothing or? was staged okay, at all. Crazy. So we just like every every if you see those people in cuffs, it's just not us. Yeah. Um, okay. And we just went in with a treatment, a video treatment to DreamWorks. We just. I think one of us, maybe me or, or our guitar player Terry, just said, um, "I think there's a a YouTube video where they're on top of this New York City building, mm-hmm. like still haven't found what I'm looking for or yeah, something, yeah. and they're yeah. killing it. And every like everyone beneath uh, the skyscraper finally figures out that it's YouTube and they're yeah. loving it. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, what if we do that, but nobody loves it? <laughs> like, and, and then." It was kind of cool because no, like I remember DreamWorks thinking that's the stupidest idea in the yeah. world that you want to be like hated. Yeah. But the director, this guy named Mark Klausfeld, who'd done a million great 
hip-hop videos and rock videos yeah. he was in the room and he's like i get what you want to like do and, and i think us. it's gonna be brilliant yeah so let's find a venue because we didn't know Crazy. what we were we were just gonna do it anywhere mm-hmm. so we found like what's going on in between this little pocket where we were not touring because at sure. the time we were touring our asses off it was yeah. like right after that first record yeah. so it was like the longer you stay dormant mm-hmm. then the, the quicker you're forgotten about sure. so what's what's going on we're, when we're when we're shooting this video yeah. what what are the events going on it was the gay pride parade <laughs> uh justin timberlake and christina aguilera concert mm-hmm. and the bet awards were all happening like in this weekend in okay. la Crazy. so we did all three Oh, you did? Yeah, we but had a we hit. got a big float yeah. for the gay pride. We went, we did the whole gay oh, pride parade in a God. gigantic <laughs> ant. It's dude, it was a huge semi. It was amazing. Oh it was beautiful. There's scenes like there's these big buff dudes all over me, and yeah. there's a, there's slow mo. You know what horchata is? Uh-huh, yeah. Okay. Yes. So hey, there's he's, slow. He's Mexican. Yeah. Yo también. So there's like slow mo scenes of me like there's horchata coming out like it looks like it looks yeah, like yeah, male yeah. semen uh-huh, uh-huh. so mtv got a cut of the first That's and they're funny. like we're never gonna play this video dude yeah. it's like well. way too like <laughs> graphic yeah. and we're like we're all proud of ourselves like the little like deviant morons yeah. that we are Liter- not knowing this yeah. isn't sellable you yeah. know what i mean so at the end of the day that the video didn't make sense between those three things gay pride Justin and yeah. BET yeah. and then finally like, the BET footage was the, just the best footage of the three and mm-hmm. we just said why, why don't we just Do go with that yeah. there's a lot of like weird the cops were obvi- we had dead bolted all the, oh, the, the doors. doors so they had to get bolt cutters what? so when they came up they were that's when they were like everybody's going to fucking jail right oh now. my goodness and, that um, is crazy that is insane they were really bummed and so and then they were trying to find anything to like to, to make our day worse other, yeah so like even like i think we got and the the video was the budget was zero because it was all okay. like handhelds i mean it wasn't zero but yeah. comparatively like i think you know that smooth criminal video was like six hundred thousand dollar video yeah, yeah. The, and the these days video was like sixty thousand yeah. dollars so the cops i remember they they find us forty thousand dollars for the huge ant farm Oh gosh! Banner that comes out oh, and that okay. thing's immense. Mm-hmm. It was just, we did it on top of the Jimmy Kimmel building, and it's like the size of the Jimmy Kimmel building, and because the the banner wasn't flame retardant. Oh my god! We got like a forty k. Like they were just like yeah, fuck just these guys. Yeah, they were trying to find reasons. anything. That's crazy. All right, so. That's a crazy story. No, that I, yeah. So I didn't know that. That's why you guys did that. That's cool. That's I like that. It's brilliant. <laughs> we want we want to find everyone that looks up. <laughs> I forget how I said it, but I was like, you know how you two, everyone's excited to see yeah. them. I want them to like everyone to not be bummed be. out. Yeah, not be. <laughs> and we're crazy. like be too, or but it was cool because it was. It was, we almost got like a pass for quite a few years into like the urban side of music because it, even just doing Smooth Criminal, yeah. like a lot of hip hop artists and R&B artists would just come up and be like, you guys freaking killed, killed yeah. it. It's like, it's so I feel like when we did BET, it was just like They're another like, solidified, like yeah. more, more, more than the reaction that we wanted. It was like, screw these guys. Yeah. Again, it was a lot after, even after, not, not necessarily the people that were at that event, yeah. but years later, like a lot of, you know, R&B, hip hop artists saying that was the coolest shit 
like right after Smooth Criminal, you like did it like something kind of yeah. like not not the song, but something yeah. similar in a sense. Yeah. Just something that was kind of outlandish, but right. so outlandish that it was that got everybody's attention. Mm-hmm. I always say like bad attention is necessarily and unle- yeah, unless you it's just like infamously like retarded, like yeah. you mess with a kid or yeah, something. Yeah, obviously, like, oh, like Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about him (laughs) about that (laughs) no we'll move on from that one but uh no you're right no i mean you see like even kanye or whatever he always says he goes what is it bad publicity is good publicity because he always uses the most he'll say the most outlandish just to stay uh, just to stay relevant and it's like it it kind of sucks because i think it takes away from what people are like what people like that are really trying for the arts to do when yeah when the waters are getting muddied up by like a famous person just trying to stay relevant yeah so they just like act it's just like pr i think that's impressive. i think it's a pr's nightmare you know what i mean like yeah. now yeah. i mean i'm just trying to think of like what people used to try and like keep their actors and artists yes. like away Super from clean, the, like yeah. social media has turned like everyone has like this voice now and yeah not and sometimes you know it's mm-hmm. at two in the morning and yes. that's why the roseanne bars like lose their shows and yeah. shit you yeah. know and it's like I don't know. It's like sometimes the the mystery of of a band or an artist I think is kind of gone and it and is. that takes a lot of the romance out of it. it does. I've I've literally seen like not not necessarily recently, but I remember just saying like, you know, reading like Ant Farm Facebooks or Instagram and like, you know, if if I didn't like if I didn't personally friend someone like on my page, I'd be like, "Oh, they suck. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh my God. Now I get like, cause yeah. at the beginning of Facebook, it was like just my friends, yes. just my family. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, I'm just as guilty. I share my kids all day long, whatever. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's weird how that, that has take, taken a lot of like romance and mystery out of, no, it out has. of the arts. But, and sometimes I feel like I follow so many like people that I admire, whether they're famous or not. Yeah. But it's weird when I just get like, a, oh, you look fat. You know, I'm just like, who is this person? <laughs> By the way, I am, but like, geez, thanks, man. Like, it's no. Friday night. No, that's yeah. true. Make my cookies. <laughs> um, I always say that one of the hardest jobs is one that relates building people relationships. But you and your band members, essentially, you guys are all the original band members except for your bass, right? Yeah. How did you guys stay together throughout all these years? I don't know. It was a, probably, a, probably a lot of downtime in a weird way uh and not it wasn't necessarily downtime we were we were always involved in music i, I had a a couple of bands in between ant farm and and just wondering if we really wanted to do this anymore we we had gone through um a lot of ups and downs like more than most people realize with the bus crash and right. broken necks and and infidelities in the band even with like other members okay. mm-hmm. significant others and that's enough sure. to like it's boiling water you oh, know what i mean really? and every and we're sitting in like a in a bus that yeah. whole the you're, you're you're uncomfortable at best when everyone's getting along on a bus yeah. and then when you add those like elements it was just so Everyone again, into, how did you guys see that? Together? Yeah, well, <laughs> again, yeah, you know, it, it, it's, I don't know. It, it, I think ultimately we want to put food on our tables. Yeah. As well. yeah. That That's not, not, that's not to say you, you have to get to a common place. And we, we, I think we all have a little bit of integrity more than if we really just hated the other person, right. we couldn't do it. So I think just growing up and just like, Hey, how do we get civil? 
you know, I, you've been out of my life long enough to I think I can let some some of these things slide. We were right. all chasing the same thing. Right. So, you know, we had to kind of like adjust and, and figure out is this is this enough to warrant us like never being in the same mm-hmm. room again? Right. And right. we're it's not like we we're some huge band. So in, in a weird way, I felt it was more important that we stay together because we weren't mm-hmm. a huge band. Sure. I, it's like yeah. a little bit of like needing them. Right. Is, is a good thing too because yeah, it created like, conversations you know i need you yeah. and and it opened and you dialogue. need me and you need me too dude this happens in the circles of life no matter so what's going on right so that's what i'm saying i mean it's hard enough like even with us just we are building relationships with people all day long every day and that's a hard job right anytime you're working with people it's a hard thing so especially with you guys being together all the time, creating music, there's frustration, like you said, there's, you know, those things that happen that are betrayal, infidelity, all of those things. So on top of that, but you guys still have to sit together. You still have to, at the end of the day, you still have to perform. Well, and you got to pretend like you're, you're in, like everyone's into every, like yeah. it's a party when you go on. I think it's, I think that bit of the entertainment industry is a good thing in a sense mm-hmm. to kind of like you, I found myself at times like shows sometimes if I'm sick or just not in the mood, mm-hmm. you you have to put yourself in that mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. excuse me, sometimes faking it makes me happy. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure yeah. you've done it a million that, and that's times. That's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, being on the bus, it's like minor leagues. I'm flying. I'm going 16 hour bus rides, yeah. and then I don't feel like, good. Yeah. I Nobody like, knows. I think my hand might be broken. Yeah. I don't want to tell anybody. My batting average sucks, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. The, well, whatever's then, internally. Then, in your then, head. It, then it goes through your mind. You're like, I feel like a arm hurts yeah, yeah. i feel like a bag of d's right yeah. now and then yeah and then i have to go out there and perform and then my my job is still my my still my job and, and nobody wants to hear no, your, no. your like your lame story your job is your job you gotta go out there yeah. and save a game or yeah, you gotta go get a hit absolutely nothing happened they don't know anything they yeah. this is their first game they went to and that's their only game they've absolutely been to. so why, why is the singer being a jerk on yeah. stage yeah why and, and i've done sad? that very very rarely but there's yeah. been like, i can count them maybe on one hand where i was like a jerk yeah. on stage yeah. and yeah. i just I regret that so much. Yeah. But it's sometimes you just can't yeah. can't really fake that. Yeah. I've literally pelted baseballs into the stands just to go yeah. and nothing's going my way and I'm like, what well, I've yeah. destroyed coffee things or destroyed oh coolers. You know what I mean? But yeah. then I'm like that felt good at the time, but what did I get? Where, where did it get me? Yeah. And but at the end of the day you still gotta perform. Absolutely. At the end of the day, so gotta perform. Alright, let's take it back for a second and go back to the song of Smooth Criminal. Michael Jackson's cover that you did. Did you ever meet Michael Jackson? Did he ever comment on the song? Well, here, here's some... Um, I know he loved the song. I mean, well, he loved... It was his song. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he loved our <laughs> like version of the song. We only, we, only, we only had back and forth with Michael Jackson via email and oh. through his people, not even, like, really him. Yeah. And the thing of it was... We were making the video, and we already knew he liked the song. We were making the video, and there's a lot of there's a few scenes in the video where the there's a little boy who's dancing, yeah. like he's kind of got the MJ moves, mm-hmm. and he's wearing a surgical mask. And we knew that Michael Jackson ha- wore that mask because of all of his effed up surgeries. Mm-hmm. I mean, his nose was literally like yeah. gone. Yeah, and so we we sent him the version with the surgical mask 
and he he replied back i love the video but i don't like the kid with the mask mm. so and we had already been on tour and again we weren't trying to it was an homage a lot of people thought we were like making fun of michael which i can't imagine who would think that because i thought the song was just like fire it wasn't like yeah. we were it wasn't like a weird owl song yeah. or something yeah, like, so we definitely thought we didn't want to just release we could have just said it screw him where the video's done oh, mm -hmm. right. okay. and um yeah. so we literally had we were we were already on tour the director for the video went back to the same street where the kid was got all the extras back for continuity's sake mm -hmm. I mean, he wouldn't even have to do this it was an extra like i don't know how many thousands of dollars to mm -hmm. do that right. and we reshot it with the kid without the mask we sent it back to Michael Jackson, and he said, you know what? I like it better with the kid with the mask. <laughs> so he, after, like, and we, again, we're just like, okay, cool. There's another kind of quick, cool story. Quincy Jones had done mm -hmm. so much MJ stuff. and we, We've never met these people, mind you, but we're forever fans of just the music process and all that. Yeah. Um, Quincy Jones did not like Smooth Criminal, and Michael Jackson loved the song. I'm saying his version. Yeah. Right. And... And Michael Jackson said, this is a number one song. Right. And Quincy just said, I just don't hear it. It's not. Yeah. It never was until we did it. And rumor is that Michael Jackson, someone that someone I know that would probably know this, yeah. said that like Michael had called Quincy and said, I told you it was a number one song. <laughs> it was, that that, that made sick. me feel really, really good. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> just, just being like... Just being in a conversation, yeah, you know, yeah, between yeah. those two, I'm like, what the? Those alien and farm kids, they did it. Yep. <laughs> Seriously. Number one. Quincy Jones, that's wild. <laughs> that's insane. All right, so I heard this uh, quote once. So music is sound that opens up the window to the soul. And then the soul kicks in and tells the mind and body that you have unlimited potential. So Adam and I like to call this flow state. So I don't know if you know what this is. It's basically where, in, in your case, it would be when you're singing and those lyrics, that, that moment, it comes from somewhere deeper inside of you. Yeah. Like where you don't even have to think and you're just in that place and you just start singing and everything's just Clear the flowing. mechanism. Yeah. And then, you know, Adam's done it with baseball. He said, you know, it was the same thing. It was like when he'd be out there and he said the crowd would just turn off. Everything was just turn off. And it was just him himself, the ball in the mitt. So when you were singing, and I'm sure you you know exactly what I'm talking about, you've been in those states, was it important for every single one of your band members to be in that flow state, like that contagious flow state? I don't know that it would be a true like flow state if I was concerned about what was going on even with my band. Okay, you know so, what I'm yeah, saying? Right, yeah. Like if everyone's kind of firing together and this yeah. thing, like I know that if, you know, this drummer messes up that the, 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 we're yeah. spinning plates and it all can fall right. same as a team yeah. but i just i've kind of felt like i feel like we are so rehearsed or so kind of second nature mm -hmm. that they got my back yeah my my nerves are all in my insecurity my problem mm -hmm. i was never nervous necessarily about anyone other anyone else it was in always the band. It was always within yeah. yourself that's good. and even sometimes yeah even sometimes the badass things too it was yeah. like i felt like i was taking credit for it or something and i know it was more than you know, it was all of us but. right but i can only imagine even as a singer you're almost like setting that flow you know Ma what i'm saying like, yeah i don't know well in a sense like i guess more more people than not gravitate towards 
lyrics and melody sure. vocally uh-huh. than yeah. they would. I mean, not everyone. Like, you know, I know plenty of people that listen just solely for the guitar line or something. Right. Yeah. But typically, you know, so I could see that as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This, like, that flow state or something can, can kind of F you up, too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like when everybody, like, so let's say you're at a concert and you you're in it they're all in it not that you're worried about them being in it but when you guys are all just like it's just it just feels right like everything's just vibing you're not even you're not even having to think about it yeah. you know what i mean it just depends on the show as well i'd like to tr- i'd like to think sometimes that yeah. it's the same but it really isn't but i i think that I, I always compared that with her is like it was me say i saw you know i saw the way you were i, I saw your vibe on on sunday and I always compare that because I was always the closer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So closer, everybody's like, come on. <laughs> and, I, and then if I ever went in the fourth, fifth inning, I'm like, you know, the guys are there like, we're, we're getting through these innings yeah. to get to that point in the game. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and it's a different vibe. And that's mm-hmm. why I remember one time I was, this is like when I was in double A and they were like, I closed, I was like closed in the middle of the season and I wasn't the closer at that point. And they're like, dude, you, you're, you're, you live for that role. I'm like, live for that you know because it was just like it gave me the goosebumps it Uh gave me that vibe and it was just like what you were saying it's like you feel that there's that energy but i think that energy is what really puts you into that flow state yeah and it gets you gets you gets that and that adrenaline kicks you over the notch yeah Mm. and it's 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 so many it's so many things to get to that set that show that game Mm -hmm. you know my my the the flow state for me my favorite flow state is being like in the room that we're in right now Mm -hmm. at like one in the morning when when i'm actually penning something and and like you said i'm singing the words and they are like i am knowing every word on stage I don't think I think about any words that yeah. they, that was written so long ago. I mean, there's moments where I'll hear, like, we have a cool song and I'll kind of live in it and mm-hmm. re- recreate those lyrics. It, it's more of your it's creative flow stuff. Absolutely. And, and my yeah. favorite part about being in the studio or, or just not even necessarily studio, but just writing something down and having an acoustic and, like, singing it, my favorite part is, like, the hope of what it could be it, yes. it doesn't matter if we never wrote a you know we never did a song that was bigger than smooth criminal whatever anybody uh-huh. wants to say my favorite time in my life mm-hmm. i would equate it even to hanging with my kids or whatever it is is writing something that is special to me and maybe only someone else would mm-hmm. know what i meant mm-hmm. one other girl years mm-hmm. away whatever yeah. yeah um and even if they don't know who cares but you know again that 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 flow state for me is like oh this is gonna be great and it doesn't matter if it's great or not the the, the time of that time of thinking that it's gonna be it's that creative outlet it's great if once it's in my head that it's great it's great yeah you know i don't need another opinion i don't need it on the radio i just need it for that moment Mm -hmm. yeah no, so you tap into it when you're creating. That's yeah. actually... That's what, it's more yeah. so. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, for sure. That's <laughs> no, so good. I want to talk about the bus accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell us what happened there? Uh, it was a long time ago, like 2002, I think. So my memories of it... I almost feel like my memories of it are because I've told the story... A thousand times. A thousand times. But... If I if I was just quiet in my own head and relived it, I think I would remember more. You know, I feel like I repeat myself 
of the story I've told. And in that sense, there's no flow state there. Yeah. You know, no, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm just, I feel like I'm reciting, I'm reciting yeah. what, what was already said. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, we were in Spain, uh, a couple hours, you know, away from Madrid on our way to Portugal. And, um, and it's, I felt like a bomb went off, you know, I was playing guitar. We had a double decker bus. The tour, the tour bus was like a, had a two, two floors to it almost. It was a British bus. I was in the upstairs back lounge, um, playing guitar. And, and then I, and then I was just laying on the floor. And I remember thinking like, why is it raining? inside the bus because yeah. the whole roof had ripped off and oh. it was just like pouring not not the entire roof but yeah. i could see down the hall and it was like pouring rain and then i remember i couldn't i couldn't move my fingers my toes i couldn't blink oh. i couldn't breathe i knew what had happened and i didn't know that with the crash but i knew that i had broke my neck right like it was that evident that quick i never went unconscious but i remember like a couple little basic thoughts was like, why is it raining on the bus? Yeah. And then I thought, as simple as it, I wasn't scared yet because it, uh, I don't, this might have taken one second or two minutes. Right. I don't really remember. Right. But I remember thinking, that's it. It's that easy. Like that, like to be, because I knew, I knew I was paralyzed. I felt like this, this kind of aura around me, that mm-hmm. like, it was like a defense mechanism. Like nothing could, I didn't want to be touched. Right. And I, I felt like I could feel, I could feel movement around me, like two feet away from my body. That's how mm-hmm. like, that's how fragile my, Sensitive, it was, yeah. I swear that, that, that whoever, if it's God or whoever right. creates us made this happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it created this weird, like static around me that just did not, my body was in a complete like stay away from me kind of mode. It, it was very odd, very strange. And I slowly just kind of felt myself being able to blink, start to be able to like move my, I felt my eyelashes start to like get closer together. Mm-hmm. And I was really like kind of like coaching yeah. myself to get, it's an odd story, this bus crash, because I could talk for like, yeah, no, I, I mean, it was so long for me to get to the a hospital in where we were at, right. you know, Yeah, and it was in the middle of nowhere. This hospital was like Probably. worse than like a veterinary <laughs> in, I know what you in, mean. in Stanton, yeah. you know, and, and they literally no, no offense to the veterinaries and yeah. all the all the vets in Stanton right now listening. No, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it, they like our driver came to them dead like broken leg broken leg broken ankle broken leg broken neck yeah my best friend at the time um from the czech republic this guy he wasn't really security but he did just did everything for us he was just a great friend of mine he had he had gone through like a television set he his his face was like unrecognizable Uh. his his dad was like the top surgeon in in the Czech Republic. They he, his father couldn't identify him. He had to like look for a tattoo on him. His his head had swelled out past his shoulders. Wow. And um, so it's just a lot of weird. Uh, that that question alone is a, is an odd one for me because I could skip yeah. all over. Right. And we haven't even gotten to from that tiny little farm hospital. Yeah. Um, I got 
DreamWorks was amazing, actually. DreamWorks was like, they have basically like chartered me like a private plane and they flew me back to um, London. And London is where I found out what what was really wrong with me. And I broke my C2. Mm. And there a doctor just basically said, surgery is not an option. We need to fuse your first and second vertebrae. Um, And then even even then paralysis might be just in your future. And so what happened though? Did the, was it the bus that crashed? Like, what did it crash into? The, basically the, we crashed into the back of a parked semi that mm. was kind of like half on the road. Okay. And it was just basically full of like pallets of like magazines or newspapers. Okay. And so it was like going into a wall basically yeah. at like 75 miles an hour. Yeah. All right. And so, yeah, the driver was just, yeah, he was mm. the first one. Yep. So he passed away. Yeah. He was like instantly. Ooh. And so, yeah, it was just a long recovery and just a weird, weird, lucky time. I, I, I battle with it. I think about it daily because I have permanent nerve damage and a lot of my left to right motion is just kind of gone. Mm -hmm. And, um, but yeah, I've, I've gone through seasons of thinking of how lucky I am. And then I've gone through a lot of seasons of me feeling like I got like handed a a shitty deck, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's not. That's not a good way to look at things, but it's yeah. definitely like it's, it's a battle. It's cruised my head a lot yeah. of times. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I talked about this last time, but cause he had the guy that we interviewed last time has uh, back pain too, and I have scoliosis, so my back curves in the top, mm-hmm. and I live through chronic pain every single day. And I always tell him, it's like some days you're thankful and grateful, you're like I can still walk, I'm yeah. still breathing, but yeah. other days you're like I want to kill, so I just like want to open my back and make the pain, you yeah, know, just yeah. like pull it out. So, no, I feel you on that for sure. All right, Dryden. So let's move on to life after the music. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a family now. Right. How did your life, and especially your career, how did it change after having little ones and a wife? I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't know that, I don't know how to really word that. I think that, especially children, I think, you know, a relationship with a woman is, is you could say it's life changing. And, and I don't want to, I don't want to minimize the way I feel about Cassie or anything, but mm-hmm. then, then these kids come and it's like, it's a whole nother, I don't know. It's a love that I never really felt before mm-hmm. I, it, to put it this way. And I don't want to make it sound like disgusting, but I don't know that I've ever thought uh, like a significant other like a girl that i really love yeah. I, I don't know if i've ever laid next to her and without the motive of eventually we're gonna like get, get <laughs> yeah. to something cool yeah. yeah and then it's so fun for me to lay with millie or dry like and and have that same kind of like, yeah. love yes. but but there's no other motive you know yeah. what i mean and that's a cool feeling yeah. yeah that's good for me because yeah. like i almost like what's wrong with me I, like every time i lay next to cassie i want to freaking you know <laughs> that's natural i get it but yeah. all i'm saying it's kind of nice yeah. to like it was like an enlightenment it's almost. great it, yeah. it makes me feel like oh okay you're not completely broken you know like <laughs> There is a there's some emotional, but it, it's true. It's like what about for music though? I mean, you know, when you are single, and especially for us, I mean, when you have kids, like your life changes. You know, you get married, life changes. You have children, it changes even more. Yeah, so yeah. as far as for your career, did you feel a difference being out there as like daddy, or did you feel a difference, you know, prior to when you were? Uh, yeah, I don't single? know if maybe like being on tour is it's a it's a great break from that family life in which I I don't feel like 
maybe it's maybe it keeps me uh from being resentful in a weird way like okay. being getting to getting to get gone for a minute you know what i mean and i don't maybe i wouldn't be resentful i, I mean this sounds like a little too honest or something but i'm sure someone can relate with just needing like those breaks at the same time when i leave cassie's still here it's yeah. not like it's that that doesn't sound fair either but it's it's changed in 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 a lot of ways i i, I really can't like uh to to find the time just to create mm-hmm. is just close to non-existent right now. I know that these kids are getting like older and m- more functional just on their own. Yeah. And um, but even now, like you know, I've changed my my regimen is I used to stay up till six a.m. Right. Now it's like getting up. It's like flipping that yeah. mm-hmm. card is not easy for me because it's not just just because I'm doing it doesn't mean like my body is acclimated it yeah. to it at all no, i'm just like what am i doing up right now like <laughs> i i chose the life yeah. that i lived for, sure. for a lot of reasons you know what yeah. i mean yeah. and one of them was to like not get the f up yeah. like, no, this early yeah. and i see i see everyone and again it, it, maybe i'm just like i i feel like a, i've been spoiled a little bit and i mm. walk go and walk amelia to class every day and I see like a lot of dudes there and women there that are taking their kids and they're all buttoned up and and oh, I can yeah. see they're like looking at the clock and yep. and yeah. I fortunately I get to just go home and and, and chill but yeah. but I, I I'm like whoa these this guy's he's going he's leaving her to go somewhere that he doesn't even enjoy but that you know? exactly <laughs> so that was my question earlier it's like you go back to that whole idea of these people that, you know, I always say is that they're so afraid. So everybody, you can ask anybody who say, you know, what did you want to be when you were younger? And be like, oh, I want to be a baseball player. Well, why the hell didn't you do? Are you a baseball player now? No. Yeah. Like, you know, they go the safe route and they're living their life and they're doing something that they're comfortable and not necessarily doing what they love. Right. Because wow. they're scared of that failure. Yeah. And even the, even they're they're not even that comfortable either. No. They're even like in a weird way. You, they because yeah, somebody already did it before them, somebody did it before them, and they're so it's already structured. They're like, I go to work, I come home, I work five hours, and then I, I do this, I do this, and it's been going on for forever. Yeah, yeah. So it's already it's already been predicted. You know, that's yeah. already it already works. I yeah. have a love hate with, and love's even a strong word, and hate might not be strong enough, but I do have a love hate with like when I watch when i take millie to school and they blow they blow the whistle first thing that happens they blow the whistle and oh, everyone gets down on the ground yep and then they blow the whistle again everyone gets up and slowly walks to their backpack and then they get in line yeah. to go in and and i get it because it's like how else you, these are freaking orangutans <laughs> you know what i mean like we have to have some conformity here or yeah. else it's gonna take an hour to get them in i know that just from getting yeah. her ready yep I should have a whistle at home, <laughs> but I also get a little sad because I'm like, I yeah. feel uh, that's the thing. Education until, until I think usually for me, they, until, until you're specifically you yourself are trying to find your own education. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's not worth a whole lot. Yeah. It's kind of a daycare s- service, mm-hmm. which is gladly accepted. <laughs> yeah. But it, I have a lot of like qualms with that mm-hmm. that conformity thing, but like I said, it, it's kind of necessary. Yeah. But then you, I seen, I see little teachers' aides in there now, and I'm like, oh, I don't like her, you know. <laughs> and I already know, I already kind of know, yeah. like I know who that person is. Yeah. I, yeah. It, my my daughter doesn't because yeah. she's five. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. No, I hear you. 
I mean, we talk about this all the time ourselves, and it's the whole the whole idea of school. I feel like, I mean, it came early on, and it was more when was it? It was like what industrial times to make people right have these jobs that were was corporate corporate America. You corporate have America. to do it. You yeah. have to do it. But we're not in that anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? We've moved on for that. So all of these things, like even when I was in college, like they would teach me like art. You know, I can tell you the history of art dance, and I can tell you the history of singing and this and music and all this stuff. I learned all this stuff. I'm like, it's not necessary. And the thing is that today we're probably making, you know, a better living than a lot of people out there that have gone to school and not to bash on anybody. But at the same time, it's just the way that we're all being programmed. That's just it's really irritating. So we see it with our own kids. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and then going back to this idea, Dryden, even just about like how your life has changed as, you know, with children and your family, you know, even for Adam and myself, like, when Adam had to start, like, when Aaron was little and he was in school, it was easy, right? Mm-hmm. But once he started school, we began to have to be apart. And I felt like he had that guilt of, I can't be there, mm-hmm. right? So your life no longer becomes, it's like you're, you can't live your life for yourself anymore. You're, you're almost like, baseball's very selfish. So it was your career. Music, it's, yeah, a, it's a selfish career. Yeah, yeah, I heard, Wayne, I heard Wayne, Wayne Gregsy say one time, he goes, he goes if you're going to be... My wife had because I I was that was the most selfish time of my life was when I was in was when I was in hockey. It yeah, was, no, we had. I mean, and, I would go. Six but he months. said he goes. It was just me training from nine a.m. to six p.m. and eating and doing this and doing that. And he goes, it was the most selfish, and that was me. It was like, I'm going to the gym. I'm gonna come back home. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go to get a massage. Yeah. I'm gonna do this, and th- that's the way it's gonna be. You like it or you don't? Yeah, okay, I mean, you, know yeah what I mean? you know what I mean. Well, and the idea, I think the idea of it. I mean, uh, and and to be selfish it, at times is. is it's truly what you have to do to mm-hmm. get some things done. Sure. And and I think the idea behind selfishness, if the person is a good person, because mm-hmm. you can be selfish and still be a good person, I yeah, think. Absolutely. And I think the idea behind a yeah. good person being selfish is they kind of know that, that they know you know what's at the end of that tunnel Mm -hmm. because it's not just money it's freedom and i think you know Mm -hmm. sometimes being selfish and getting you know jobs done and getting things done isn't just to be rich it's so it's to be rich enough to allow the freedom so we can Mm -hmm. you know do these things with these kids that we want to do i get scared to death because i'm just clinging on paying my mortgage and my property taxes every year i'm like how am I going to take this family to like Hawaii and <laughs> Dubai? All these places that I've been yeah. selfishly by myself. Yeah. But in like, how am I going to pull? Like, I, I don't have I don't have the means to do yeah. this right now. Yeah. So I, I mean that that's the that's the second chapter of that's of our lives is how do we get there? So, Cassie, your wife is Cassie. Her name is Cassie. Yeah. Who is Cassie to Dryden? We're engaged. Forever, my fiance. <laughs> but how would you describe her? The wife be. Yeah, how wife. would you describe the wife Um, We're just like a. I don't know. Who is she to you? Who is she? She's like a. She's a pot of gold. Cassie and I were. We loved each other's company, but it was just like it was like. Casual? It was first. very casual, and and before we knew it, some real life changes were happening. And she, I've always been like fond and lusted after Cassie. When once I saw how much she loved my kids, mm. and I'll be honest, like when she first told me she was pregnant, I did not want again that selfish thing. I didn't want it was going to affect my life. Yeah. yeah, that's all I was thinking about. I was like, this is going to mess me up. Yeah. And she's like, dude, you know, I had a, I had a, something really kind of profound happen in, 
you know, um, I was married before okay. and I remember telling Cassie, me and you know, this, I, I can't believe I'm telling you this because this is like really yeah, just between her. us. But yeah. I remember telling her my, you know, in that, in that moment of me being angry or whatever, I was like, me and my, you know, my ex, we never wanted children. We never, this was not in the, like our cars or plans or anything. And I remember like Cassie saying it, whether it's right or it's wrong, it just resonated with me. But I remember she saying, why? Like, she didn't love you enough to, like, have your children. Mm-hmm. And I remember being going, like, wait a sec. Like, <laughs> oh, like yeah. what do you... Like, it really was just, like... It was just enough to make me, like, hmm? Yeah. Like, just... Like told, she yeah. just flipped the script on me, yeah. like... Yeah. And, but in my... I don't think she was trying to do anything yeah. but just say, what's up? No, yeah. it was an aha she's like, I, yeah. She's like, this is... Are you in? Are you not? And yeah. It was just a very weird time. But, yeah, like... To see her, like, love the kids, I think that's what, like, made us all, like, the fall in love with each other, you know? And not, That's super cool. I, I don't know to, like, I get, like, kind of close up and you say, who is Cassie? Because, because at times she's the craziest lady I've ever <laughs> freaking known. And I'm like, uh, you're scaring me right now. Yeah. And, and that's real, though. And, well, that's... That's real. That's why... That's why we <laughs> hang around. You know, yeah. I... That's... Yeah. No, I mean, I talk about it all the time. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like... See, when I ask that, it's not like, who is Cassie, this perfect person? No, we're all, I mean, all women, especially that are listening, we all know, we are crazy. Yeah, you know but, I mean? but guys are, guys are, they're, they're dumber, yeah. and they're just as crazy, so, I mean, <laughs> it's just. True. It's about, wh- who do you find that is Usually the guy, the guy is the dumbest guy, the, gu- the guy is usually the dumbest dude in the room, but he doesn't think he is, and that's, like, scarier, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's all about finding you're kind of crazy. And then you mesh that in, and then you have crazy little ones, yeah. and then it makes life. I mean, it's it's just, I feel like, you know, and you said it, too. It's like when you see her take care of your little ones, they're part of you. And then, therefore, it all becomes, like, yeah. one, no, yeah, you that's, know? That's, it's like that's your what pack, the, your the, uh, maybe it's my own it, and there's plenty of cassie to love yeah it, and i don't know that it, it particularly needed children to make me see that yeah. but it certainly sped the process up you know right. yeah it brought it out and uh and i think about like my ex you know not not a ton because a lot of time has passed but i just don't i don't see us mm. in this situation yeah. maybe that's why we chose yeah beforehand to to, to not live that way but I I can't say that I'm not happy with the way the things that have turned out and become, you know? Yeah, Yeah, you wouldn't have it any other way. All right, so let's talk about your tattoos, okay? So I know you have two tattoos, one of of two dogs, right? Mm -hmm. And they both passed away. So what did those dogs mean to you personally for you to have gotten tattoos of them? I guess they were my, before I had kids, they're my kids. We, we treat our animals like, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're our family for sure. Mm-hmm. And these ones were, I think, and in that time when I didn't have children, they, they definitely kind of took up that space. I have friends now that don't have kids mm-hmm. and they're all about their dogs and yeah. cats. For sure. And I I kind of grin to myself, and I know that love because. Yeah. But then I think, ah, well, you haven't gone through the yeah. turmoil of like my my dogs that I have now are cool, but they can f off. Yeah. you know what <laughs> I mean. I'm like, I now. don't even yeah. think yeah. of yeah. them the way that I used yeah. to, and they they are not the same dogs, 
But I have a feeling if I even had those dogs, because they came at a different point. Yeah, in life. yeah. Like, and we always think about we have a little we have a little cat, and like this cat has been through everything. Right. With yeah. us, you know what like, I mean? She went through the ringers. You know, yeah, like with she's us, traveled yeah. with us. She's been through everything. Yeah. Like if we, as soon as she goes, it's gonna yeah. be like we're gonna, suffer. We're gonna like flash our life is gonna flash above it, our eyes where we started. You know, to where we were. It, you know it, what I mean? it will. It, and you know, it not and not. I don't want to bring it up again like in a, in a to make it uncomfortable or even for like for cast but um those animals were like children to yeah. my ex and i and so i think when they died because and we had we had been broken up for a long time my ex and i but when the dogs died i felt like it really was i and i had a real weird breakdown yeah. and it was a good breakdown because i felt like and i was over it Mm-hmm. I already had children when the dogs died, right. but it was the last little, I felt like it was the last connection with that person. Mm-hmm. And it was good to just like, really? <sighs> and I really felt like, like, mm-hmm. and it was, I, I can't say I felt like it was a death cause it was a death, mm-hmm. but it, it felt like a human or a family death. And yeah. it was good to kind of like, it, it needed, Depart. my body needed yeah. that like spring cleaning to get sure. over that person. And like I said, I was over that person already, I believe. But when the when the death of the quote unquote kid, yeah. which was a dog, happened, mm-hmm. it it felt terrible and great at, at the, the same, same time. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, mm-hmm. for sure. No, I mean, I always say like I lost my mother figure without going too far into that. But like I always say, it was the best day of my life and the worst day of my life. Although that sounds horrible, but it just it changed my life so much, and I felt like for you it was a release and a calm, almost like a cutting that tie. Yeah. For me, it was like reset, reset button. Yeah. Like I just pushed re- like my whole perception. Because it was bottom. Yeah. It was yeah. bottom. Yeah. yeah. So that's I love that you and, said that. And like the neck, the neck break is is I can equate. You know, I don't. It wasn't the best day of my life, but I think the now after years and going through that whole just recovery and, and situation, mm-hmm. it really was one of the better things that happened to me. The worst thing, it's it's tricky the way God mm-hmm. works. And, and I don't even believe in God, but I yeah. do right now. Yeah. And it's <laughs> and it's just amazing how it it really does yeah. flip flip itself on you, you know? No, I, know? I feel like special in a way that like not a lot of people have gone through. It, it, physically painfully like all these things not not that i'm like one-upping anyone mm-hmm. but i feel like there's a certain like i don't know there's something in the room where i feel like and i'm not like judging people every time yeah, i sit in the room but sometimes i'm like dude i have been through more than like when i have those nervous moments or whatever it is sure. i'm like i've fucking, yeah. i've already done this yeah. oh yeah to the level that most of these and there are a lot of people that have experienced way more than me with, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. being in wars and all this stuff. But that was my war. Absolutely. And I'm like, I just relax. You have done yep. some crazy stuff. And I gravitate a lot towards one of those memories, which is that one, which, which sucked. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my favorite memories. No, mm-hmm. I love that you said that. It's so true. She always brings that up about always. My, 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 well, especially about my niche. And she always said that she goes, you were so high on your shit at that time, yes. you know? And she goes, that brought you back down to life. Cause I was, Good. I was literally, I tore my ACL a week later. The guy that was behind me got called up. 
You know what I mean? That, and that's yeah. literally what it is. And she well, told it just, it helps ground you, you know? And then, like you said, though, at the same time, going through all that that you went through, that neck pain, the just the whole tragedy of it all, you sit in a room and, and when people are complaining, you're like, compared to what, though? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You're yeah. like, dude, like, I, I've been through some shit, right? And you say, like you said, like, compared to other people, I probably haven't been through anything, but I could sit in a room and say something and say, oh, man, I went through this neck pain. The next guy could be like, dude, I've been through vietnam war you know what i mean so it's always compared to what so no i like no it is and then i still i get a paper we could give me a paper cut right now and it's gonna be the worst thing in the world you know i mean it's all relative i hate life but then but then you go back to that that day and you're like you know what this is nothing you know so it helps you you know it's your anchor you always go back to that and you're like if i go back to that i'll always be all right because that memory is mm-hmm. always going to help ground you and yeah. bring you back to reality so i like that that's good all right so i want to talk about um a heavier subject which is then bus crashes and death? <laughs> no no <laughs> dogs um... are dead divorce <laughs> Broken neck bus crash. Let's no. get deeper. No, well, it's actually we are. We're going to get deeper. So suicide and overdosing. So in the music business, okay, we've lost a lot of music legends to suicide and to overdosing. Why do you think that depression and just anxiety and all of those things are basically the main factor why these legends have died? Why do you think that's so prominent, especially in the rock industry? I mean, I feel like in the music industry in total... But in the rock industry, it's happened a lot more. Why do you think? I have no idea. Like, I really don't... I don't know. I've had these moments of... If just getting messed up on drugs is one thing because it's it's that's an accident, you know, mm-hmm. but the, and then but like the the suicide thing, maybe it's just another accident because you're messed up on drugs. You know, the right. overdose. I don't know. Is it I, I don't know how to answer that question because I just really just not like in my DNA or, or I can't, I, I maybe be lying to say if I've never thought about it in a romantic way. Mm-hmm. Not, and that's not, suicide isn't romantic, but I'm sure as a teenager, I'm like, what if I just went away and, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. but, but I, and not, not to make light of, 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 of that scenario, but, but I just, I, I really don't know how to answer that. I've, I've been, you know, my first, my first national tour was, with Lincoln Park, you know, sure. and I'm mean, not to say we were, we were hanging buddies like to the end, but you know, we, dirt, at least in our touring, during our touring and stuff, we were just really close and great friends. And yeah. he would come up and Chester would sing on stage with us and come to our dressing rooms because like his band wouldn't let him get high and come smoke weed with us yeah, or yeah, yeah. whatever the heck was going on. And, yeah. and it was kind of nice to know that he found solace in hanging out with us and, yeah. I don't even have an opinion on it. I mean, I... <laughs> what about this? What about... Because, I mean, I'll kind of even just dive into us and just probe it, the whole idea of just the pressure maybe. Because, for example, let's say that, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, you're in the music industry and stuff. You're at your peak, but then you're at your peak and then you start to kind of come to a... a like, not a halt, but just like a, a state where everybody has these expectations. And oh, absolutely. Whether, whether it is to be successful or whether it's to fail and you almost want to prove the ones that are behind you you know right and then you want to prove the ones that didn't believe you know in you wrong and then so with these people and then you've got that then you've got the media you've got you know the paparazzi or whatever you've got all these people and you've got the fans that's something that i can't relate to though because i never really got to that level that i think level. for a season or two like we were like one of the biggest rock bands sure, yeah. you know for for a minute i just again i can't relate 
when something that is like something like that happens and i don't know if it's pressure i don't know what it is when someone has like six children and and still like right needs out a lot of people say it's cowardly i have a, a an old friend of mine who produced our our very first independent record um In fact, he was going to, you know, we were going to run this studio as a business Mm -hmm. and he hung himself. And I remember just, I didn't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. I I don't mean, I mean, I didn't want to do this, run this as a business. He was my partner and he was gone. And it was just like, it was a tragedy all around. And we all were family and it was his girlfriend and his parents and again like i hear people say it's like the most cowardly thing you can do yeah and then and then here i come like devil's advocate and i think it's it's almost kind of like a very brave mm-hmm. thing to do like when I mean, you don't know what's on the other side yeah. and you're yeah. like fuck it i'm gonna do this yeah like it's kind of ballsy i'm not saying either is right or wrong right. but when people immediately say it's very cowardly to like yeah. kill yourself i'm like I don't know, dude. Why don't you try it? Yeah, you know, I mean, sure. again, that's yeah. a bad thing to say, yeah. but it, there's a lot of realness in that. You know, I think sure. it's like if, if and if you're feeling it, I mean, I, I, you we control this whole thing. Maybe sure. we don't. But I mean, yeah. for right now, I'm like, I can move my fingers right now. Thank, yeah. Thankfully. And, and, and I can I can cause a whole lot of da- well not with Adam in the room yeah. <laughs> he kick my ass. But I mean, I'm just saying I can do anything right now. Yeah. And there's repercussions in that. Yeah. But yeah, I know that's that's that question is the one that I not really want to like stay away from, but I just don't have an. You don't know. I, you don't, my opinion know. is on both sides. Yeah. When, you know, if I talk to like the wife or the husband of someone that's died and left them with this mess. Mm-hmm. So would you are, say it's more of a selfish thing? And and not in a bad way because we don't know what the hell's going on through their mind, right? You like you said, I dare you to try that, and you don't know the battles and the struggle and what they're trying. I mean, if if they think that death is a better option than living the life they have, I mean, they they're in pain. Yeah, it's a know? weird one too. And now, not that I know these people, like again, like I said, you see, like you know, Robin Williams or something. You're like, sure. how the hell? Like everyone loved him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Seriously, like every. It's not like oh, Robin Williams, he's a dick. Like yeah. it was just like. Again, we're outsiders, at least in his life, exactly. and that's one person. But you, you're thinking, like, how the hell? But there again, like, money just money just provides freedoms. And mm-hmm. and if he, he's obviously, like, I don't know what that guy's worth, yeah. $100 million. Yeah. So whether it's Whether it's 20 or 200 million, somewhere in between there, yeah. and okay. that's not yeah. freaking handling it, mm-hmm. yeah. then we all know that it's... There's something deeper there. Yeah, it's yeah. it's all, I don't know, it's gray like areas there. No, I hear you. All right, so we just saw you play at Jack FM, and that was kind of a surreal moment for us. I know you don't think that, you know, Adam and I are fans, but we are. You know, we were taken back by the whole idea that you just, you sounded the same. I mean, we grew up with your album. We both owned your album. Went to Virgin Megastore, you know, at Ontario Mills. Yeah. Virgin, Virgin, yeah. Virgin stores. Yeah, and I bought know, I bought our record at a Virgin store. It was like March sixth, I think. Yeah, and I just had to buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for wherever sure. we were on tour that I day, bought, like, right next to GameWorks, you know where yeah. that is. <laughs> no, but we were taken back because you sounded exactly the same, and and it was cool. And we, me and Adam were just like looking at each other, and I remember telling your wife, I was like, "This is so weird." And she's 
She's like, I know, and I'm married to him. She's like, I grew up with this, you know, guy same way, listening to his songs. And she's like, and I never thought I'd be married to this guy, you know? And we're all just kind of having a moment. But, you know, you still have a lot of fans and they still, they come to your concerts. You have all these fans. So I told Adam this, I'm like, if you had all of your fans right now, and not that they'd be listening if they are, maybe who knows, but if you can get them all right here, right now, and if you can sit right here, what would you want them to know? Like the ones that are still like, just there for you like the ones that still listen and and care what would you say to those fans right now hmm i don't know i'm kind of bummed that you think they'd all fit in the this one little... <laughs> <laughs> no no, no. I, i'm you know, kidding come on mark <laughs> jimmy <laughs> that's another that's a, like another tough question i don't know and i think you know a lot of fans know me to be like not i'm not humorous when it comes to songwriting but I'm humorous, like, during our shows. So I, I I think, you know, the right thing for me to say was, like, why the fuck are you still a fan? <laughs> that's good. And that's about but, it. But, like, I talked with him, you were so thankful. Yeah, no, you, you, you were You always said thank you. Were so, you were so appreciative, and we noticed that when you, were at, when you were there. You were always like, thank you guys for being here. Well, and for coming so early. That's my gripe, you know. I mean, I, I can't hardly gripe. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's amazing to get paid to, like, sing these these little love songs that... You know, I penned in my garage and in yeah. Riverside in this little, my room was like this old little pool house, you know, mm-hmm. behind my parents, mm-hmm. behind my parents' house. And um, so, yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm just. Why are you here? Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank what are you, you yeah. still doing here? Like, that's, <laughs> I love that. that's my only thing to say. And, and thanks for still being here. But yeah, no, why are that. you? Get out of here. <laughs> Go imagine dragons or some shit. <laughs> No, that's, that's, what, that's, that's what Arian loves. Arian, our little guy, he loves Imagine Dragons right now. I know. All right, to wrap this up. So I ask everybody this same question, okay? So so this one always stumps people, and but I feel like it's always the best answer. So what do you know for sure? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any... You know what I know? What do you is know? I know that I don't know anything... And I and I know that I have to feel like that puts me in like this percentile of the world that that can function healthy and yeah. can maneuver healthy because it's always the people that know everything or even know anything that rub me in, in the worst way. And, and it's not to say you can't be educated, you can't you know have a thirst for for a million things and knowledge. Everyone's judgy. Everyone's everyone's family's crazy everyone's sister-in-law is freaking wants to murder the there's all these calamities and and all i know is that the older i get i know i know none of this stuff or how to remedy anything Mm -hmm. so good other than just like so good creepily like yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm just figuring it out still. That's it. I love that. That's cool. We say the older we get, the n- the less we know. Yeah. The more we find out, we know nothing at all. So I love that you. It's true. So good, Dryden. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. It's probably the longest ever we've done. But thank sure. you. I think everything was pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Chill. All right, everyone. So I'm going to be ending this podcast here with Dry. Um, and Dryden, I'm going to be playing your song that you actually created with your little sweet girl, Millie. Um, so just to end this podcast off on a beautiful note, here's Dryden's song with Millie.
Thank you for tuning in, Good Vibers. And be sure to subscribe to Good Vibes Sunday by downloading the podcast app found at the App Store. Catch you all next week. Have a happy, happy Sunday. We hope that you enjoyed this podcast today. If you did, we ask of you to please give us a rating and a review. It really helps spread the word about our podcast, Good Vibes Sunday, and get new listeners to come on board. We appreciate you. We thank you. Thank you so much.